This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we try to discuss everything involved in North Shore High School sports whenever they're actually playing. I'm Michael Dwojek with the record North Shore founding members Joe Coglin and Martin Carlino. Quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, iTunes, or anywhere else you're listening to podcasts as well. Um, so as I uh, slightly hinted to guys, um, there's no more sports going on, at least not until uh, until the new year with uh, all the news that's been happening. So um, that's what we're going to break down, essentially, in this podcast. We're not going to really do a four-quarter format because um, there's just one topic to really talk about in this episode of the podcast. So um, why don't we get started before I bring Joe and Marty in, just to tell you folks at home what is the latest on what is going on here with uh, high school sports in Illinois. So on Tuesday, Governor J.B. Pritzker announced that all youth indoor sports should be put on hold as part of his COVID-19 mitigation. So that basically means no indoor sports until, obviously, this uh, portion of the mitigation is over. You could still do outdoor sports, but um, I don't know what if anyone is really golfing or playing tennis or, or anything outside when it's uh, pretty cold outside. Um, so because of that... Uh, we already knew from past uh, weeks that uh, basketball was in uh, question. That also added bowling, cheer, dance, boys swimming and diving, and girls gymnastics to the long list of sports that won't be taking place uh, this winter as well. So um, a lot of uncertainty based up from the IHSA. Um, it is until January that we won't have sports going on. Um, obviously, things are really fluid with what's going on in our area. Um, with COVID numbers, hospitalizations, and that kind of stuff. So um, that can change come January as well. But uh, why don't I bring you guys in and we can talk about, of, um, let's just start with the basic. I mean, how surprised were you guys that um, with Governor Pritzker's announcement on Tuesday and surprised that we won't be having any indoor sports until the new calendar year? Disappointed a little bit for sure, but surprised not too much at all. Um, sadly, we're, uh, we're in a very serious wave of this pandemic, quite possibly a wave that is more dangerous and more severe than the initial wave we saw in, in mid-March. So not too much of a surprise, but um, a, some sad news for sure. But hopefully at some point this year, we'll, we'll still be able to talk about some, some sports happening and, and going on. Yeah, I was I was actually a little surprised at first because when I thought about some of these winter sports, um, you know, the bowling and 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 dance and cheer, um, even gymnastics. Gymnastics and bowling have small rosters, so in my head, I convinced myself that that's going to be possible and they'll be able to do that. So I was surprised that they made that call kind of universally. But then the past kind of day, what I digested, I'm like, well with, as Marty said, COVID being so bad and so dangerous, these people are riding to the games together. Um, 
they're spending in um, a long period of time together while they can social distance. It's difficult. Um, so, you know, you can make exceptions one off at a time, but that, that'd be difficult to do as well. And, and which exceptions do you make? Um, so I guess I'm not surprised, but also disappointed. I thought they could maybe pull off a couple, but I think I do understand with, with, you know, the threat level we're at right now and, and the hospitalizations just, uh, on the up. Um, and I, and I think late last week when we saw those stay at home advisories issued that the, uh, the writing was sort of on the wall. Um, obviously our, our elected officials are urging us to stay home as much as possible. So certainly playing sports would not at this time be considered essential. So I think we saw, we probably saw the writing on the wall when, those advisories first from Chicago and then suburban Cook County started to come in in um, last week. Yeah, I would agree. I think at first um, I was, I was kind of like in your boat show where I was like, well, swimming, I feel like you can kind of make it work. And then like, maybe you can make gymnastics and bowling work. But then um, yeah, I kind of got down to the same like conclusion as you like, well, like if we're not supposed to be like going places, like if we don't have to, why would we be doing like youth sports and high school sports? So it, it, it makes sense. I'm, I, um, it makes like the most amount of sense why or you, you cannot play. I mean, I know most of these uh, teams were not even going to start competing until the beginning of December. So it was going to be practices until the end of November. So um, it's not like they were competing for like, it's not like they've been working for a long time getting ready drills and that kind of stuff and getting, and this was, it's what happened in March where you have playoffs and that was taken away from you. So um, I think hopefully Monday, the numbers get better. Monday was and, sort of that first official day of, uh, of practice for our winter sports teams. Right guys. So yeah. then, then to have the news come down on Tuesday, uh, as you mentioned there, Michael, not too much of a, a practice period in there. Right. So I, I mean, Obviously, hope, the hope is you limit the spread. You try to limit as much as possible. Um, hopefully, I know the word is that vaccines could start going out to like essential workers um, in December, and maybe that I don't. Obviously, that's not going to cure everything, but maybe thing the numbers get low enough where you can have like the ro- low risk sports at the beginning of January, um, kind of moving forward. But do you do you guys feel like obviously this is? more different from March because we know more about the virus and that kind of stuff. But do you feel like we're kind of in the same spot as we were in March where you have like these cancellations, these postponements, and um, you are really just up in the air at this point of what's going to happen? Or is it like I mentioned before where, well, we know more about COVID because we've dealt with it for like the past eight or nine months. And uh, um, we, we have a better grasp of it than we do in March, but do you guys feel like it's kind of the same a little bit comparison wise, or do you feel like it's different from the cancellations and the stoppage we had in March? From, from an understanding and from a perspective um, point of view, I think we are in a better place right now. If you think back um, to sort of the situation we were in in March, you know, it was obviously no one really knew what was happening. It was a very new situation for everyone. And um, for a couple of months there, the idea of, of even playing sports in any capacity at all was, was pretty much an afterthought. I mean, no one was, was really even thinking about that until we started to get towards the summer. So we've made progress, I think, in that regard, that now we're starting to 
think about how we can safely play sports, how we can do that moving forward. And also the fact that we've had uh, a fall season of several sports that was largely done safe, safely already. Um, the, the concerning thing I think certainly is that from a data perspective, it seems to be that we're in a, a worse place than we were in March, which is obviously both concerning and frustrating because many of us have, have taken these seven and, and eight months to, to do our best to slow the spread. And it seems that we are, uh, we are running up against a wall and not making much progress there. So I think that's going to be the, the big challenge moving forward is that from, from a, sh- a sheer data perspective and the number of cases and hospitalizations and deaths we're seeing it is worse than we were seeing it in March and April. So that's obviously the major obstacle for, uh, for high school sports moving forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, hard agree there with, with mostly everything. So I won't, I'll try, you know, to provide something new, but um, in March, um, we were all still figuring out if we could step outside the door without catching it. So um, luckily, a lot of understanding, like Martin said, and a lot of expertise being out there. We know what to do and we know how to keep our friends and family safe um, um, to the best of our ability. Um, but, you know, why it feels that's, you know, it feels the same because of all the cancellations and because I think it's um, it feels bad, doesn't it? It feels it's tough um, knowing that we're you know, even though it's an advisory, um, we're staying indoors and, um, you know, at least in the summer and the fall, we, we got to hang out outdoors with some family and the, you know, the weather's dismal. It gets dark at five o'clock. It's, it's tough out there right now. And, um, you know, so everybody out there, I feel you, um, it's a difficult time. And, you know, Michael, as you said, I hope too, I think if we did, everybody did what they could and stayed indoors and, and this has been the same for, for months, we'd be able to temper this, and, uh, you know, uh, taper it a little bit and hold off the, the numbers going up. Um, it's proven that it could do that. But we got Thanksgiving and we got holidays and Christmas coming up. And it's uh, I don't uh, hold out much hope that numbers are going to go down in January. I think we're going to see another spike from all these holidays. And I'm not blaming anybody or casting um, anybody as a villain. Um, I think that's you know, it's hard for us to turn down these traditions and, and we're a culture and a society built on family and, and friends. And it's going to be very difficult for a lot of people to avoid those situations. So I think we're going to probably see some, some uptick and I don't know if it's slowing down. I hope it does. I really hope it does. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for, um, rooting for it too, but um, it's tough. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what the numbers are like. I mean, obviously, we're not doctors or experts here or anything like that. But on that note, um, do you guys, I know you can't predict the future because obviously we would be doing a gambling show instead of doing a sports pod show um, about high school sports so we could predict the future. But um, what, I mean, what do you guys feel like happens next? I mean, do you feel like come January, we're going to have the low risk sports on night? I mean, what do you feel like, what are the next sports, I guess, you guys think are going to happen? And when do you think they're going to happen? I think we have We're a chance. We're going to try to fit in, sorry, Marty. We're going to try to fit in, uh, what, like 55 sports in six months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be difficult. So I just hope that the right people are spending all their time from now until then, figuring out a plan for when we can play again you know, a couple different plans. Plan A is, uh, you know, sports can resume and, and you figure that plan B is okay. Only low risk sports can resume, you know, 
and, and you have all these plans and contingencies so you can just click the next one and, and, and start things up and let's go. Um, I, w- I would think that we reach a point where it's a slow, it's a slow burn and we start out with the lowest risk um, and get those out of the way. And, but that's going to lead to all the higher risk at the same time. And that's going to lead to um, a lot of conflict. So um, I would, I would hope we have some things going in, in late January. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with a lot of what Joe said. It, it's sort of for the first time though, and this is, this might be a little bit uh, weird to say, but it's sort of for the first time in the pandemic feels like we can kind of see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel with some of the news we're getting on vaccines, um, multiple vaccines having promising results and potentially being, being available um, sometime in the near future. So it sort of feels like if you squint your eyes a little bit, you can see some light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. Um, so hopefully that would translate to sometime um, in the first quarter of next year. Um, definitely those low risk sports being able to start in January or February. And then some of those sports that would fall in the meteor and higher risk categories, maybe starting in March or um, early April. Obviously if sports are starting in early April, there's going to be a much shortened season and it's going to look a lot different, but I'm sure it uh, is, would be taken as something that's better than nothing. How would you guys handle, I mean, let's, let's say that you guys are appointed like IHSA czar or like president or whatever, and you get to decide how Jack everything Locke. comes back. Yeah. <laughs> what, like we, we, we've talked about in the past of like the communication and how bad it's been between the IHSA and like the governor's office and the IDPH. And um, we saw that the IHSA invited representatives from Pritzker's office and the IDPH to Thursday's meeting but the invitation was declined. And I feel like it's been like this, it's been such like, in my view, like such a needless, like, uh, like I feel like it's petty for some reason. I don't really know why does like Pritzker have something against IHSA does IHSA have like something like deep down against Pritzker. Like, it seems like it's more, uh, more contentions than it needs to be for what the goal of the whole relationship is supposed to be. So how would you guys, I'll give you guys like each a chance to say, um, and I know this is on a whim, but how would you guys handle all of this and the return to play um, for for high school sports? Just even starting now, like what is the criteria for getting back? What, like Joe, you kind of mentioned earlier, low risk sports and that kind of stuff. I mean, what are the criteria for figuring out what happens next? It's it's really hard to look at things in in hindsight right now, but. I know if I were uh, at the IHSA level and making decisions, my first plan in the summer would have tried to been to push all the sports that are initially spring sports um, and would fall into that low risk category of sports into that fall season. So, you know, your baseballs, your softballs, um, sports along those lines, that way, those sports could have their seasons. They would have been the the sports that had all of their seasons canceled the previous March. So then they would have gotten a chance to play. And then it creates much more uh, scheduling flexibility, much more field availability, all those things in in the spring season. I think the decision to move um, volleyball, soccer, and football um, to the spring was at the time probably the best decision, even though um, like we've talked about on previous podcasts, that might have been the best chance to get those seasons in. Uh, but I think at the time, moving those sports to the spring was probably the right call. 
so right now it's just going to, the, the way things are going to play out, in my opinion, is it's just going to be a scheduling and logistical nightmare. I mean, kids are going to have to pick which sport, if they're a multiple sport athlete, which sport they want to play, which is a decision you obviously don't want them to have to make. Um, some seasons have a chance, some sports have a chance at having their full season. Some sports I'm sure are going to get maybe a quarter to 50% of what their regular season would be like. So it's just, it's just really going to be a nightmare to imagine a scenario where, you know, 15 different sports are going to be able to play in one season. Yeah. And going forward, um, I, like I said, I, I would just have plans and contingencies for every possible scenario. Um, obviously the, the, the easiest ones, if metrics and um, thresholds don't hold, um, nothing's going to happen, you know? So that's, that's plan F plan, plan X, terrible plan um, that we can't do anything. But as things start to soften and we start to see some relief, um, I think you just have to have plans when metrics fall below a certain point. Okay. We can start doing this in a week um, you know, whatever you can allow for it. And, uh, this is when you can start practicing these five sports, these six sports, break them up into tiers, break them up. However you can do it. Um, work on scheduling plans right now should have been working on them for a while for certain sports that you knew were going to overlap, but do whatever you can just to have, to have scheduling plans in order posts for, for postseason play all the way down the state. If you can do it, just have it ready in case we're, we're, blessed with some major relief and we can do all this uh, the worst thing that can happen is if we can actually do this and we don't have a state host or we don't have a sectional host um so have all that stuff ready um you know in the in the cases we can actually get things done i just as marty alluded to the scheduling conflicts for both schools and postseason play and student athletes is going to be a nightmare and I don't know how you do basketball, baseball, football at the same time. I guess now might be a good time to bring up how we all feel about the potential of some sports happening in that summer season. Yeah. So, I mean, do you, do you guys feel what, I feel like the biggest sports, obviously, um, obviously all sports matter, but like the biggest sports people are going to be worried about is football and boys and girls basketball what do you got what's happening there are they both going to compete over the summer I mean does one somehow get in the spring I mean can you really like we talked about this earlier like can you really have a summer season and then for the 2021-2022 school year you have a fall season like at, at what point do you just say you give up and just try for a new school year yeah um it seems there's a lot of chatter going on about the possibility of basketball happening in that summer um, season. And I, 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 I think, and I guess the key phrase there is I think that maybe that might work. Um, but once we start talking about football in the summer, the, in my opinion, there's just no way because kids who are seniors and who are continuing on to play college football or football at a, at a higher, at a, at another level would have to start practicing with the programs that they've committed to or signed with or are going to continue their, their playing career. So you can't have them go a season in the summer straight into conditioning and workouts and then straight into a, a collegiate season. It's just one doesn't make any sense and two isn't safe for the, for the student athletes. So the prospect of, of football being in the, in the summer is just completely unrealistic in my perspective. 
Yeah, I think I should. Uh, we should have done an exercise before this, like ranked the priority of sports we think are going to happen of the mid to high risk. Um, but I would think football is at the top of that list because of things we mentioned, there is no AAU or club football. So while they may have tape on previous years and uh, maybe some drill running at like academies, there, there's a big academy up in, uh, up in Highland Park or Lake Forest. They might have th- those drills and those stats. Like, you know, those kids are looking for their college homes, a lot of those kids, and that's how they'll get to play at the next level. So I think the pressure to have a football season is going to be immense once we hit the new year. And I feel like that's going to take priority. The other sports, if, if we're talking about, obviously it's terrible for kids if there's no season, um, but it's more terrible if they lose out on college opportunities because of that. A lot of other sports have the proliferation of, of club sports for volleyball, soccer. Um, you know, we talked, you know, baseball and softball have long had travel programs. Um, I think um, might ease that pain a bit. It doesn't make it better. I'm not saying this is what we should do but um, makes maybe put some lower on that list in the priorities. Um, but I, I do think summer baseball and summer softball, I, I would think those are happening. Um, so I'd put them next on the probables, but um, I forgot what even we're talking about, but I put football at the list of priorities. <laughs> what do you think? Hap- what do you think happens with basketball? Do you feel like a, hey, you conflicts with it at all? If it was to happen over the summer? Yes. Or? That was my other point. I think if it came down to it, basketball would be a ax would get the ax before football. Um, I don't, I, I, I can't think of a reason if, if it came down to one or the other, just because of scheduling and everything that I think basketball would lose out for a year. Do you feel like, uh, obviously one last point on this, just to, mean, jump money, in, just to jump yeah, in, go ahead, Marty. Michael, um, considering our coverage area, another huge sport in the spring season is lacrosse. Um, and the chance, the chances of that happening, given the, given the contact, the contact, excuse me, um, start to seem a little less likely, um, as we move forward. So that, that's another huge sport, um, for our coverage area to, to consider about how that's going to play out. And then also another sport that a I lot of, cross. a lot of, uh, multiple sport, uh, student athletes also play. So that's, I'm sure it's going to be a tough decision for also ice lacrosse, Marty, or hockey, as some people call it. <laughs> but no i those are that's two good points though i mean there's i i in the high school level hundreds and hundreds of kids that play those two sports across the north shore thousands so uh those are very important sports to our coverage area and i was going to hit on this point as well i mean obviously a lot of a lot of places are struggling with you know financially with everything going on does the IHSA need football and basketball to happen to stay afloat? I mean, obviously they have um, money that comes in, participations from schools, like I'm sure some broadcast money from like when they air the Final Four, like they air championship Saturday for, or Friday and Saturday for football. I mean, does IHSA financially need those sports to happen in order to survive? Or obviously we don't know the specifics of IHSA's finances, but you would figure that they really need those sports to happen in order to even survive or make it through. Yeah. Yeah, you would. Those are the biggest two, especially the, I mean, the postseason play, obviously what I just say, um, overseas, um, that's where you get the most attendance. Um, so you would think so, but they're really just going to run into a rock and a hard place where they have no choice, um, with all the scheduling conflicts. 
I don't know how some of the smaller schools are going to roster a football team or a basketball team when kids want to play both. Smaller schools, I'm saying, like a like a North Shore Country Day, like one A. Yeah. yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Obviously, we uh, we'll just have to wait and see at this point. Not really much we can predict on what's going to happen, but um, hopefully things slow down. Hopefully the numbers get better. Hopefully we can reduce the spread as much as possible. And like you guys said, get the lower sports going. Hopefully as soon as possible, keep that risk down and. Uh, we can chug along and hopefully uh, hopefully get more people vaccinated and hopefully get that uh, squared away. But um, obviously there's a lot of tense moments going on, a lot of uh, a lot of uncertainty going on. So why don't we have the podcast on a fun note where um, I'm going to ask you guys in a normal, it's a normal year, normal world, normal Thanksgiving, who, which North Shore sports person are you inviting over for Thanksgiving if it's a normal year and you're, who are you inviting over for dinner? Oh, we only get one or are we doing a full little table here? I mean, it's up to you. I mean, how many guys you, if it's, I thought it would be hard to think of one person, but if you have like a whole table, go for it. Whew. Are we doing this draft style? I say one, <laughs> Joe say one. You can do a uh, draft if you want. If we are doing that draft style, I'm just taking first pick and I'm taking Jason Kipnis. That probably comes as a surprise <laughs> to no one. Uh, Mart is a big baseball fan and he enjoys himself some ba- some major league baseball. So also first coverage area in Northbrook. So got to got a rep there and got to send the invite to to Mr. Kipnis first. Sure, he's probably not going to come, but that's my first pick. <laughs> <laughs> going to send the invite anyway. Um, do, do they have to live there now? No. They could have like some history with it or whatever. I mean, Jay Cutler lived in Winneka for a while. All right. Cutty. Are we really going to consider Cutler like a North Shore? Like? Hey, I'm asking the rules. I didn't get the rules in advance here. That's a good one. Let's say they like grew up. Let's say they grew up here and like okay. went to one of our area high schools. Or is maybe current. Ah, oh, dude, this is very tough. Let me say, um, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have over the the Nutrier football coach Brian Dahl. Interesting. It's a very easy pick, uh, but Brian's a good guy. Uh, he always gives the press not just not just us um, tons of access. Um, he's very giving of his time, and um, you know even after even after losses. Um, so he's always one of my favorite interviews. He's fair. Um, so uh, I'll say Brian. Um, you call me in a tough spot. I thought I was gonna go Jay Cutler and. And you cut me off. <laughs> I think well, you I gotta, like he didn't grow up here. He didn't go to our schools or anything like that. I mean, true. you can consider any bull, any bear then if you want to bring him over. Like Walter Payton could, could have hypothetically yeah. in a different <laughs> world. Yeah. Maybe the Mac, will t- Mac attack will be over for Thanksgiving. All right. Is he a Glencoe resident? I believe so. I believe so. Coach Nagy, also a Glencoe guy. We can send him an invite. Yeah, talk, yeah maybe talk, that was cheating, but... Talk about would, some plays. It would be pretty hysterical to have a Thanksgiving conversation with Cuddy. <laughs> oh, I'd love to watch a Bears game with him right now. What would the conversation <laughs> even be at Thanksgiving? I just want to see his reaction. Maybe there would be no reaction. Jay doesn't really care about much, but it'd be pretty funny. 
Did you watch Very Cavalry when it was on? No, I didn't actually. I just saw some clips. I watched uh, every GIF I saw on uh, on the Twitter. <laughs> he was pretty good. That's like the only reason why I watched the show because of his like reactions to stuff. It was a pretty. Uh, he was he was the star of a show. Um, there was talks about changing the name to Barely Cavalry, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not an original Michael joke, by the way. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that one. But uh, how about you, Michael? Who's your uh, Who's your first pick in the Thanksgiving draft? I think I'm going to go with, I think I'll go with the football coach, but I'll go with Loyola's football coach, and that's John Halasek. I feel like that'd be like a good, that would be, we can talk about Illinois football, we can talk about Loyola football, get the whole, uh, get the whole thing going there, see what, how we're feeling about Illinois football, not too great right now, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, about, I mean, obviously, he, we can talk about the 90s Illini. He was part of that great uh, linebacking core back then with Simeon Rice in them. What if I invited Jeffrey Jordan because he played at Loyola and maybe his dad tags along? Highland I mean, Park, I guess, Highland I guess, Park I, resident, Michael Jordan. <laughs> that is true. He is still <laughs> technically a Highland Park. That is true. He just messed up. I mean, he is currently a Highland Park he resident. He owns property. Yes, he does. I mean, that could work in a way, I guess. And I'm pretty sure if MJ heard we didn't pick him first in this draft, he may just stop by Thanksgiving to uh, to tell us off and maybe maybe play, us. maybe play us each one on one. Leg, right in the gravy. He definitely <laughs> would take it personally, I will not. He would, it would be that uh, meme of him, like, holding the whatever he's holding, the iPad, and him saying, and I took that personally because they didn't take me number one. <laughs> That'd be pretty Or funny. you could invite over... Mal Nadi, the nutrient basketball player, and then you might get some pizza. True. I'm that thinking about this way too much now. Now I got my brain going. Good thinking. Do you want Lumal Nadi's on? Wants pizza on Thanksgiving. No, that's the thing. I want to make this clear. Yeah. I want to eat as much food as possible. Of course, the main things are there: turkey stuffing. But if you got some pizza there, I'll probably throw a slice down. I mean, I'll throw it in the fridge. Are you, are you and have it Friday? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Are you only inviting Malnati for the pizza? That seems like you're trying to take advantage of the situation there. All right. Now you're going to make me feel bad and put me on the spot. I, <laughs> I've, I've never met. I think uh, it's I, Tino, right? I've never met him. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sure he's a great <laughs> kid. <laughs> All right. So we, so in a normal, we'll see what happens in 2021. Maybe like in a year, we'll look back on this and be like, you know what? We should send some invites over and see if, uh, if anyone will come, I don't know uh, out of the three who is most likely to actually attend a Thanksgiving. I feel like Brian would probably most likely of the three attend. Yeah, I think, I think that might be the uh, most likely. Yeah. He's got a family though. I mean, he's uh, you know, I might have to just host it really early. You can bring the family over if you want. That's true. I might be asking a lot, but uh, I'll send the invite. I'll see what happens. I think we've reached a different level on this podcast now. All right. So that's everything we have on this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, Make sure, as always, you guys subscribe to us. Give us a listen as well. I'm not sure what we'll be talking about in the future, but uh, make sure you're keeping it at therecordnorthshore.org, and we will give you guys all the latest insights. So for Joe, Marty, and I, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode, and we will talk to you guys down the road.
Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.